0: The Law School of America An elective share is a term used in American law relating to inheritance, which describes a proportion of an estate which the surviving spouse of the deceased may claim in place of what they were left in the decedent's will. It may also be called a widow's share, statutory share, election against the will, or forced share. Function and operation. The elective share is the modern version of the English common law concepts of dower and courtesy both of which reserved certain portions of a decedent's estate which were reserved for the surviving spouse to prevent them from falling into poverty and becoming a burden on the community. Currently, the amount to be reserved for a spouse is determined by the law of the state where the estate is located. In most states, The elective share is between one-third and one-half of all the property in the estate, although many states require the marriage to have lasted a certain number of years for the elective share to be claimed, or adjust the share based on the length of the marriage, and the presence of minor children. Some states also reduce the elective share if the surviving spouse is independently wealthy. In some jurisdictions, if the spouse claims the elective share, they get that amount, but nothing else from the estate. In other states, Claiming an elective share has no effect on gifts under a will or through a trust, though things given by will or trust may fulfill in part the elective share portion. Obviously, there would be no point in seeking an elective share if the surviving spouse has already been willed more than they would receive under the statute. Furthermore, some assets held by the estate may be exempt from becoming part of the elective share, so their value is subtracted from the total value of the estate before the elective share is calculated. Some states also permit children of the deceased to claim an elective share. Calculation of the Augmented Estate The elective share is usually calculated from assets beyond those in the probate estate alone, and the assets that are added together to make this calculation are called an augmented estate. This calculation serves two functions. First, it prevents the decedent from effectively disinheriting the surviving spouse by either gifting away assets before death or by tying up assets and devices such as trusts or joint accounts that benefit third parties after the decedent's death. Second, it prevents the surviving spouse from taking too large an elective share, if the decedent had already transferred substantial assets to the spouse. To accomplish that, The augmented estate is calculated by combining the value of the probate estate with such things as the value of gifts given by the decedent to third parties, property or accounts held in survivorship estates, such as a joint bank account, the proceeds of which would pass to the survivor among the account holders, the value of life insurance policies over which the decedent had the power to name the beneficiary, as well as gifts to the surviving spouse, and property held jointly with the surviving spouse. The elective share in Florida gives a surviving spouse 30% of the elective estate, which includes all property owned by the decedent, property given away within one year of death, property inside a revocable trust, also known as a living trust, and pay on death accounts. The Florida homestead property of the decedent, whether owned by the decedent solely or also with the surviving spouse, is included in the elective share calculation. This change was made in 2017. The doctrine of acts of independent significance at common law permits a testator to effectively change the disposition of his property without changing a will, if acts or events changing the disposition have some significance beyond avoiding the requirements of the will. The doctrine is frequently applied under the following two circumstances 1. The testator devises assets to a class of beneficiaries where the testator controls membership. For example, Joey leaves the contents of his bank account to my employees. If Joey then fires some of the old employees and hires new ones, the new employees will inherit the contents of the bank account under this provision. 2. The testator devises a general type of property, and then changes the specific items of property within that category. For example, Joey writes in his will, I leave my car to Rachel. Joey drives a 1974 AMC Gremlin at the time of the testamentary instrument but later sells the Gremlin and purchases a 2016 Rolls-Royce Phantom Drophead Coupé with Suicide Doors antique paneling. Because Joey bought a new car to get a more comfortable ride, rather than to change a will without going through the testamentary formalities, the gift to Rachel remains enforceable. The Uniform Probate Code states, A will may dispose of property by reference to acts and events that have significance apart from their effect upon the dispositions made by the will. Whether they occur before or after the execution of the will or before or after the testator's death. The execution or revocation of another individual's will is such an event. Ademption by satisfaction, also known as satisfaction of legacies, is a common law doctrine that determines the disposition of property under a will when the testator has made lifetime gifts to beneficiaries named in the will. Under the doctrine, a gift that the maker of the will, the testator, Gifts during his lifetime to a named beneficiary of the will is treated as an advance payment of that beneficiary's inheritance if the probate court determines that the testator intended the lifetime gift to satisfy a bequest under the will the amount of the lifetime gift is deducted from the amount that the beneficiary would have received under the will application in the United States state law determines which lifetime gifts are treated as gifts in satisfaction of a bequest under the uniform probate code section 2 to 609 a lifetime gift is treated as satisfaction of a legacy only if I the will provides for deduction of the gift. 2. The testator indicated in a contemporaneous writing that the lifetime gift was intended to satisfy a legacy in the will, or, 3, the gift recipient acknowledged in writing that the gift was intended to satisfy a legacy in the will. Courts may presume that gifts of money from a parent to a child after the execution of the parent's will are gifts in satisfaction of the child's legacy under the will. Even without a written indication of intent to satisfy the provision under the will, courts are reluctant to apply the doctrine to certain kinds of legacies, for example, devises of specific real estate or bequests of personal property. These specific legacies are viewed by courts as unique and not able to be replaced with a lifetime gift of money or other property. When the probate court determines that the doctrine applies to a lifetime gift made to a will beneficiary, the amount beneficiary's gift under the will is reduced by the amount the beneficiary has already received. For example, if the will bequeaths $5,000 to a beneficiary, but the beneficiary received a lifetime gift of $4,000 from the testator that was intended to partially satisfy the gift under the will, the beneficiary will receive only $1,000 under the will. If the will provides that the beneficiary receives a percentage of the testator's estate, The court may engage in a pot calculation to determine the amount, if any, that the beneficiary should receive under the will. If the value of the lifetime gift received is greater than the beneficiary's calculated share under the will, the beneficiary receives nothing under the will, but does not return any of the lifetime gifts. Now a word from our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. the law school of america abatement of debts and legacies is a common law doctrine of wills that holds that when the equitable assets of a deceased person are not sufficient to satisfy fully all the creditors their debts must abate proportionately and they must accept a dividend in the case of legacies when the funds or assets out of which they are payable are not sufficient to pay them in full the legacies abate in proportion unless there is a priority given specially to any particular legacy annuities are also subject to the same rule as general legacies the order of abatement is usually. 1. Intestate property. 2. The residuary of the estate. 3. General devices, for example, cash gifts. 4. Demonstrative devices, for example, cash gifts from a specific account, stocks, bonds, securities, etc. 5. Specific devices, for example, specified items of personal property, real property, etc. Non-probate property. For example, life insurance policies do not abate. Definitions A specific device is a specific gift in a will to a specific person other than an amount of money. For example, if James's will states that he is leaving his $500,000 yacht to his brother Mike, the yacht would be a specific device. A general device is a monetary gift to a specific person to be satisfied out of the overall estate. For example, If James's will states that he is leaving $500,000 to his son Sam then the money would be a general devise. A demonstrative devise, is money given from a particular account. For example, $10,000 to be paid from the sale of my GM stock. A residual devise is one left to a devisee after all specific and general devices have been made. For example, James's will might say, I give all the rest, residue and remainder of my estate to my daughter Lily. Lily would be the residual devisee and entitled to James's residuary estate. Ademption, or redemption by extinction, is a common law doctrine used in the law of wills to determine what happens when property bequeathed under a will is no longer in the testator's estate at the time of the testator's death. For a devise, bequest, of a specific item of property, a specific gift, such property is considered adeemed, and the gift fails. For example, if a will bequeaths the testator's car to a specific beneficiary. But the testator owned no car at the time of his or her death. The gift would be redeemed, and the aforementioned beneficiary would receive no gift at all. General bequests or general gifts, gifts of cash amounts, are never redeemed. If the cash in the testator's estate is not sufficient to satisfy the gift, then other assets in the residuary estate will need to be sold to raise the necessary cash. Some property lies in a gray area, in which the testator's specific intent must be determined. For example. Where the testator bequeaths 500 shares of stock in a company, this may be read as a general bequest, that the estate should purchase and convey the particular stocks to the beneficiary, or it may be read as a specific bequest, particularly if the testator used a possessive, my 500 shares. Such a gift is deemed to be a demonstrative gift. Such demonstrative gifts are deemed to be a hybrid of both specific and general gifts. If one were to bequeath 500 shares of stock, most states would deem that to be a demonstrative gift. The resultant gift to the heir receiving 500 shares, would be the date of death value of 500 shares of that particular stock. Ademption may be waived if the property leaves the estate after the testator has been declared incompetent. Furthermore, in some cases the beneficiary will be entitled to the proceeds from the sale of property, or to the insurance payout for property that is lost or destroyed. To avoid confusion as to what may or may not be adeemed. Sometimes the phrase if owned by me at my death is placed into the articles of the will in which property is being bequeathed. As for the sale of land under an executory contract, traditional case law agrees that redemption occurs upon the death of the testator and that the proceeds of sale, when the closing occurs, should not pass to the specific devisee of the property. However, the more modern view in the Uniform Probate Code, which has been adopted by some states, disagrees. These jurisdictions find that when property subject to a specific device is placed under contract of sale before the decedent's death, the proceeds of the sale will pass to the specific devisee. Statutory Variations. Many U.S. jurisdictions have ameliorated the effects of the common law doctrine by statute. In Wisconsin, state law, 854.08, attempts to abolish the common law doctrine of redemption by extinction, by, for example, Awarding beneficiaries the balance of the purchase price of the item sold, subject to some limitations. In Virginia, ademption occurs with respect to most forms of property, but if the property at issue is stock certificates, then the buyout of the issuer of the stock by another company and the swapping of the stocks for a new issue by that company will not redeem the gift of stock. Similarly, if the shares of stock that existed at the time the gift was made have split. For example, where the holder of 500 shares receives a reissue of 1,000 shares each having half the value of the original, then the beneficiary of that gift will be entitled to the number of shares that exist after the split. Lapse and anti-lapse are complementary concepts under the U.S. law of wills, which address the disposition of property that is willed to someone who dies before the testator, the writer of the will. Lapse. At Common Law. Lapse occurs when the beneficiary or the devisee under the will predeceases the testator, invalidating the gift. The gift would instead revert to the residuary estate or be granted under the law of intestate succession. If the deceased beneficiary was intended to inherit part or all of the residuary estate, then that portion of the estate would pass by intestate succession, as though the testator had left no will. This rule is referred to as the doctrine of no residue of the residue because the portion of the residuary estate that did not itself pass under the will could not be considered part of the residuary estate at all. Under section 2 to 604b of the Uniform Probate Code, if the residue is devised to two or more persons, the share of a residuary devisee that fails for any reason passes to the other residuary devisee, or to other residuary devisees in proportion to the interest of each in the remaining part of the residue. Simply put, if there are two parties in the remainder and one has not survived, the entirety of the remainder goes to the surviving residuary devisee or devisees. In jurisdictions which have adopted the Uniform Simultaneous Death Act, or the 1991 version of the Uniform Probate Code, but not the previous Uniform Probate Code, any devisee who dies within 120 hours after the testator is legally considered to have died before the testator. In such jurisdictions, only a devisee who survives more than 120 hours after the testator is considered to have met this statutory survival test. Anti-lapse statutes. Most common law jurisdictions have enacted an anti-lapse statute to address this situation. The anti-lapse statute saves the bequest if it has been made to parties specified in the statute, usually members of the testator's immediate family, if they had issues that survived the testator. For example, The New York Anti-Lapse Statute specifies brothers, sisters, and issue, specifically. If the Anti-Lapse Statute does indeed apply, then the issue of the deceased beneficiary will inherit whatever was willed to the beneficiary. The testator can prevent the operation of an Anti-Lapse Statute by providing that the gift will only go to the named beneficiary if that beneficiary survives the testator, or by simply stating in the will that the Anti-Lapse Statute does not apply. Another modification to the common law of lapse is the elimination of the no residue of a residue rule where multiple beneficiaries are named to inherit the residue. The modern view is that where a beneficiary was intended to inherit part of the residuary estate who predeceases the testator, and that beneficiary is not covered by the anti-lapse statute, then that beneficiary's inheritance will return to the residuary estate, to be inherited by the other beneficiaries to whom the residue has been willed. The Law School of America